Thanks for listening to Middle Aged and Mediocre. I'm Cash. I'm Joel. And uh, we are a podcast about all things strange and unusual, death and UFOs, and other creepy, Cults. weird, random shows. There you go. Yeah. Not uh, just naming things in the room. idea what we're doing who we are where we're going or what this whole deal was really all about for pauline dakin though her life was spent questioning everything and everyone she had ever known pauline's life was like something out of a tom clancy novel but unlike the straightforward black and white good guy versus bad guy stories about characters like john jack ryan and john clark that clancy is famous for pauline's real life was spent in mysterious shades of gray what would you do if you found yourself living a life spent constantly on the run in a world filled with body doubles, secret communities, and people chasing after you? Get ready to hear the wild story of Pauline Dakin's life right here on Middle Aged Mediocre. I'm Cash, and with me as always is a man who questions reality every single day. That's Joel. Every day. That was a good episode. That was the whole episode, right? Wow. There. Yeah. Yep. Body doubles? The main story is that you question reality. Yep. So, and that you're on is the this run real? from secret spies. My feelings and secret spies. <laughs> and secret spies. Yes. Uh, mostly, mostly, feelings. mostly feelings, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what's going on, man? Well, I mean, the world lost an angel. I can't. It's, I'm having trouble. Yeah. You know? I mean, the world did lose an angel. I think you wanted to do this a little bit later, but I think we Guys, should just we get, get it right out of the way. It. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Rapper, hip hop artist, actor, uh, actor, DMX. Uh, he passed away. Yeah. So uh, it was a heart attack. Fuck um, you, twenty twenty one. And do, it seems like it was a drug overdose. Yeah. Yeah. So he had a drug overdose last week, and uh, he he succumbed. Yeah, he was admitted he to the hospital on April second, following a heart attack, and was on life support the entire time. I know there was like at different times I'd see where, so, like somehow would. The, the news would be like, uh, he's off life support. Yeah, he's whatever. a little better. And then, like, within minutes, you'd yeah. see, like, no, he's still on His it. family visited him, you know, for one last time. and, and Yeah. Uh, real name. Uh, no, his real name? Off. Darnell? Nope. That's. Uh, uh, Earl. Yep, there you okay, go. Okay. Yeah. Earl Simmons. Close. Earl Simmons. Yep. Uh, and we were talking, I've never, I don't think I ever bought a DMX album. But man, yeah, I, I don't his think I music either, but I would always. If you hear one of his songs, it's just it's always so, like, just hype and. Uh, like you said, he was an actor. I, uh, the one movie with Steven Seagal. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What the hell is that called? That's not Glimmer Man, is it? No, that's you're thinking of. Uh, that was, that was uh, the one of the Wayne Keanu brothers. Wayne's, okay, all right. Or Damon Wayne's one, one of two. them. Yeah. Uh, let me see. DMX. Bring that up. Actor. It's he loved his motorsports, his little motorcycles and stuff, man. He was always on like a little. All the rough riders like uh, met outside the hospital, you know, and like revved up their little engines and Did things. They really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, exit wounds. Exit wounds. Yeah, yeah that, was a, that was a good one. Yeah. Then he was in Romeo Must Die, uh, Cradle to the Grave. Cradle to the Grave. Yeah, he was in a few really yeah. good movies. And it seemed like in the two thousands. 
or at least maybe 2010 or so, you kind of tried to go back to rehab or went to rehab and see he was in look and see what all he was in after looks like after cradle to the grave didn't get a lot of good work uh he was in a a knockoff of fast and furious called fast and fierce oh, <laughs> i've seen that i haven't seen it but i mean i've, I've seen oh yeah i've yeah. seen that that is a movie Man, his, like, Woodstock 99 performance, that video's been popping up a bunch. I've watched, you know, bits and pieces of that. Just the command he had on the crowd. Yeah, I mean, I still, if you hear, like, if x Give It To You comes on, yeah, like, you, that just immediately gets you. Like, yeah, you fight the person next to you. It's on almost every, I think it's been on every gym playlist I've ever made. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he was apparently um, he's struggled with drug addiction as a, since his teenage years. He was uh, addicted to crack cocaine when he was just fourteen. So you know he's probably had a very rough life and yeah. like trying to deal with that. So uh, yeah, it sucks, man. He was he was uh, I wasn't I mean I wasn't shocked because like I knew he'd had like the drug yeah. stuff. So yeah, like it really didn't. The news wasn't too shocking, but still, still like, I hate to see it. Yeah, yeah. So rest uh, in peace, DMX. Yeah. So in some he'll other, always live on in his music. <laughs> uh, in some other news, uh, I don't know if you saw this or not, but a uh, affiliate of Elon Musk claimed that he could make Jurassic Park a reality. Oh, really? You see, I don't know if you saw. I that haven't or not. seen that. No. So yeah, the uh, uh, the, the Tesla guy. The dude's name is Max Hodak. Yeah. Which. Is a crazy name. Uh, it not Hodak or no Hordak. Hordak is, is, Ma- from, is the yeah. man character. Okay, uh, Max Hodak. He's the co-founder of Neuralink, which is the uh, <laughs> insane science fiction thing Elon Musk is creating. Yeah, where we can like talk to each other. Yeah, so it's the thoughts. Matrix is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so that guy said that uh, they could rebuild Jurassic Park if he said if we wanted to. So he doesn't like. He was kind of referring to Elon Musk, though. Like, he basically was saying Elon could do that if he wanted. Yeah. So he claimed that it would only take them 15 years to recreate the process of, like, they Make- could just start making new species of dinosaurs yeah. within 15 years. Don't do that. Though so he says that they probably wouldn't be genetically authentic. So basically, like, we have no fucking idea what they would look like. Yeah. Or, like, who the hell knows what would end up being created? Yeah, they could just be some super animal or species. That's that. None of that is good. Uh, so yeah. Um, I have someone th- right now coming from the future to end this. <laughs> just stop it from. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Elon. <laughs> He's Elon's son who like has numbers for names yeah, or something. Yeah, who is more robot now than man. Yep. Uh, he needs to come back from the future to stop this. So yeah, try basically just trying to like. Have we learned nothing? Yeah. From the watch the, mo- watch the movie. Like why, <laughs> None of them end good. Why do we keep making these movies if nobody's learning from them? Ah, maybe so, we deserve this then. We deserve it. Uh, although, I mean, it would like it would it would be pretty cool <laughs> to. I don't think it would. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've gone through these drive-through zoos where like just the regular animals come up to your car and you feed them and stuff. Like I don't want to be in any. Re- Oh, proximity of a dinosaur or a man-made dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'd be awesome. Yeah, and maybe they'll kill you. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe. 
Uh, you want as a pet? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like All just right. a cute little like T Rex. Yeah, a little mini T Rex. Yeah, what could go wrong? What could go wrong. <laughs> Don't feed it after midnight. <laughs> Don't get it wet. Seems simple, simple <laughs> enough to follow those rules. Sure. Uh, in other news, and this man will probably stop this from happening because he seems to know what's going on. Uh, 40 46% of America wants Dwayne The Rock Johnson as president. I saw that, yeah. Uh, if you smell la 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 what the POTUS is cooking. There you go. That would be the first tweet. Yeah, so a poll release. But he would just think it because by the time that happens, Elon will have his Neuralink out. So we'll probably have a president that will fight dinosaurs. Ooh, that's what the future looks like. Well, that's basically Rampage, the movie. Yeah. yeah. So we, I mean, <laughs> With we already the rock, know. Yeah. We'll, so we know he's good at it. Uh, I mean, it can't be any worse than what we've been having. Yeah. I mean, might as well. It's it's just a fucking figurehead anyway. It's not doesn't make nothing matters. <laughs> there, you, there you go. <laughs> There's that positive attitude coming back. Uh, yeah, but a poll released on Tuesday suggests that nearly half of all U.S. adults support The Rock in his, in his uh, presidential candidacy, candidacy. The other half think all lives matter. Well, the poll <laughs> also found that 29% would support uh, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, okay. So, yeah, like I mean, you know, The Rock and McConaughey as president and vice president. Yeah, that um, could work. Yeah, that could be... Uh, Drinking tequila and smoking weed in the White House. So this same poll asked people to weigh on uh, a number of other celebrities. Um, Angelina Jolie, 30%. Nah. 27% for Oprah. Nah. Which is pretty surprising. Like, I would have thought more people would be for Yeah, Oprah maybe 10 years ago. Like, I feel Angelina like, Jolie's a random I person. I thought both of those people, like, have kind of fallen out of the, like, the yeah, public sure. spotlight or whatever you want to call it. Uh, most surprisingly, 22% only for Tom Hanks. Yeah. He's weak and got the corona. There you go. He can't. Uh, <laughs> and he can get lost on an island and then like our president's gone. You know, we can't have that. Who would you pick, celebrity-wise? I mean, probably The Rock. The Rock? Yeah. I mean. I would pick uh, the little curly-head kid from Stranger Things that has, like, the... <laughs> Dustin, <laughs> we'll have to wait a few years. <laughs> I don't think he's legally able to. We'll have to do a trial run with The Rock, uh-huh. see how he does, and then Dustin, and then Dustin. Okay, so yeah, uh, I'd rather see Stone Cold up there because Stone Cold ain't gonna take no shit. He just stu- he's already stunned Trump, right? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, he's done. Yeah, no, he stunned him. Okay, well there we go. We already won once. It was an awful stun, but it was at WrestleMania there. What I always remember from that WrestleMania is uh, Trump had Lashley, and he would go, Bobby. <laughs> My man, Bobby. Uh, yeah, I mean, The Rock has said on more than one occasion that he'd be, yeah, that it's something he would be uh, interested in. and So who knows? We well, his be- whole new show about the is, yeah. Young Rock is he's the president, and he's giving an interview, and which so I've seen a couple episodes of that. Yeah. Him. He's laying the foundation smack down. He's laying the SmackDown foundation. Yeah, how about that? Uh, yeah, so there we go. We could have a president fighting dinosaurs at any time in the near future. Fingers crossed. And we can watch it all go down on our Neuralink. I mean, what kind of stimulus check would we get for that? Dinosaurs taking over money. the world? 
The Rock has enough money of his own to give everybody. <laughs> stimulate me, Dwayne. Checks, I think. Uh, I need stimulated by that Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Why would you? Why his would last name's Johnson. But why would you feel like you have to make that joke? It's <laughs> a pretty good joke. To I be mean, stimulated by a Johnson. There's two meanings of that. It's not just getting money from the president. There's also a sexual. You're a big fan of the uh, Big Johnson shirts, aren't you? I had one. <laughs> Did you? I, yeah, I can't remember which one. Maybe the bait shop or something. I mean, they were all kind of the bait shop. Oh. I think all of them had something to do with it. It's like the cartoon. Yeah. Oh, I haven't thought about those in a long time. Now, though, you're like, oh, those are my favorites. <laughs> no, I'm going to order all of them. They sh- I think they shaped who you are. <laughs> that and Adam Sandler's... Uh, Early discography. There you go. Well, uh, any other news you've seen this week? R.I.P. DMX, man. Yeah. I stopped watching the news after that. I didn't want to be hurt anymore. I have not been... uh, I had like a whole week and a half off Uh between jobs, and then this past week I started my new job, so I went from like having all day to read about everything happening in the world, Uh so now I have no, no idea. So... Didn't have a lot of news for this week because I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening. Those so. are some good. Yeah, we got a couple though. It's good. But don't uh, beat yourself up, man. I did before you got here. <laughs> did you say up or off? Ah, <laughs> uh, now uh, he's gross. You. Yep. Uh, um, well, do you want to get into the main story then? It looks like it may or may not become a tornado outside. Let's get all the way into it. All right, let's do this. So, like I said, we're going to be getting into a story of. Uh, a kind of odd reality. Okay. So this is, I read about this a couple of years ago. It is pretty damn crazy. Um, Lay it on me. So we're going to go back to 1970. All right. So we're going to start in Canada. So supposedly, supposedly. Yeah. Cause I wasn't even born yet. And we don't, Canada's I mean, we fake. still haven't proven whether or not yeah. Canada's real. So we don't know. This so could this, all be, so this is fantasy. I might've made this whole thing. Up. All right. I'll Ooh. still listen. <laughs> So, in 1970, at age five, uh, Pauline Dakin, uh, her parents, Warren and Ruth, separated the summer before she started school. Uh, her dad, Warren, was a... Look, some people just grow apart and it happens, okay? Is that the new story that two people split up? That's part... That's the beginning Maybe that's it. what's best for young Ruth. You or the you daughter. Can, you let this out. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, so Warren and Ruth split up, but Warren, I'm sure, tried his best. Not really. Oh, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> he was. He was a. He was a pretty successful businessman, um, but he was also a heavy drinker who could become violent at times. Uh-huh. So at a certain point, Ruth was like, "I can't do this anymore," and they separate. Uh, her and the kids move out. So two years later, uh, Ruth takes Pauline and her brother Ted on a vacation to Winnipeg, which is about a thousand miles from their home in Vancouver. Damn. So there's going there for a holiday, uh-huh. as every place other than America calls vacations. Holiday. We're on holiday. Um, to Chris Jericho's birthplace, I think, Winnipeg. Winnipeg, I believe, I believe so. so. Uh, at least the site of his first wrestling match, I think. Okay. So uh, it could be his... W- birthplace too it so when now. they arrive in winnipeg ruth gives both kids a mug of cocoa which is good yeah and then tells them hey you're never we're never going back home oh so not so much a holiday as uh, <laughs> uh they moved. moved yeah so 
Uh, Pauline asked her mom, you know, what, what's, what's, what do you mean? Hey, what's happening? Yeah, so she's seven at this point, yeah. and she asked why they're not going back home, and she didn't really get an explanation. Her mom would just tell her, I'm sorry, I can't tell you right now, I'll tell you when you're older. So that was pretty much her life. Um, she just uh, gets uprooted, you know? Yeah. So four years later, same thing happens. This time, they... Uh, out of nowhere, moved to New Brunswick, which is on Canada's east coast. It's like up above us. Yeah. Um, she, ha- I mean, other than like the, hey, we're going to go start new lives here. Like her life was pretty normal. Like she went to school, had friends, like yeah. people came, you know, whatever. But she would just, from time to time, they would. Just move to a new place. Yeah. yeah. Uproot and go. Without any explanation. Like, they would always just be, hey, we're going. Um, which started to take a toll on Pauline. I mean. Sure. You know, she doesn't know why this keeps happening. She makes friends, and then yep. they're gone. She even said. Been there, done that. <laughs> uh, she has a book she wrote called uh, Run, Hide, Repeat, I think is what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, but she talks about how one time. Um, she, like, told her friend, like, she was a younger girl, she told her friend that, like, um, she thought she was about to move again, uh-huh. and, but didn't really know why, and, like, when their mom, when her mom came to pick her up, they had to act like everything was fine, because she didn't want to give away that she was thinking about this, yeah. and she was like, I never really could make friends with people, like, it was always kind of just awkward. Yeah, like, just she never, never wanted you, to really get too... Yeah, you never know when you're going to be leaving. Right. Um, I mean, my dad was in the Air Force, so he moved a bunch. Oh, did you move? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sure much, did. yeah. Like, how many times... So, like, I moved, like, I didn't have anything like that going on, and I always moved within town, but, like, yeah. probably between age, like, by the time I was 15, we'd probably moved, like, six times. Yeah. But, like, how many times do you think oh, being probably, in that kind of environment? I mean, we'd be, like, South Carolina, then somewhere else in South Carolina... Then back to Ohio, back to South Carolina, back to Ohio. Just back and forth. Yeah, yeah. but always different towns and stuff. Right. I was always a new kid. And... Uh, was your, your dad was in the Air Force, you yeah. said? Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> so, uh, by the time Pauline was 11, she'd attended six different schools in nearly as many years. Uh, completely had lost touch with her dad. Uh, hmm. but kind of like stepping in as a father figure of sorts was a church minister named Stan Sears. Um, Pauline's mother had met Stan at a support group for families of alcoholics. He was a counselor there. Uh, Pauline's mom, Ruth, had gone to him when she was struggling with Warren's drinking and was preparing to leave him. So this mm-hmm. is like in their in their like uh, hometown of Vancouver yeah. where she met him. However, both times that Paul or all the times that Pauline's mom would uproot her and move, uh, so wouldn't Stan and his family. They, they would, would move. They would also be moving. Huh. So Wonder she who was following who. So she really didn't know what was going on with that. Yeah. Like she didn't know what his role was, but she knew he was involved somehow. Um so once they were in New Brunswick though, they actually put down some roots. So, by 1988, she's 23 years old. She's graduated from university. She's working at a local newspaper in the city of St. John. Uh, And out of the blue one day, like, she's an investigative journalist uh, is what she's, like, working, Mm -hmm. is what she's doing. Um, One day, out of the blue, her mom phones her, and she says, 
okay, I'm ready to explain all the strange things that have happened throughout your life. So she tells her to... Buckle up. She tells her to meet her at a hotel uh, that's halfway between the two cities they were living uh. in. So when she gets there, uh, Ruth, her mom, walks up to her and puts a note in an empty envelope in her hands. doesn't say anything to her. Uh, the note says... Don't say anything. Take your jewelry jewelry off. Put it in the envelope. I'll explain. Just don't talk. So uh, they go into the motel room after. So she takes the jewelry yeah. off, puts it in the envelope, whatever. They go into the motel room, and Stan Sears is sitting in there. The the preacher, the preacher the, guy, the counselor, the counselor. There you yeah. go. So Stan tells Ruth, uh, or so Stan and Ruth tell Pauline. That for the past 16 years, uh, they've all been on the run from the mafia. And that Pauline's family had been targeted because her father, Warren, the successful businessman, Uh was involved in organized crime. Oh. So uh, he had her take all of her jewelry because he was going to test it for bugs. So he kind of takes that. So. She remember. She says Pauline says that she remembers like a feeling of terror coming over her, um, and that like immediately her mind started like her imagination started running wild and like, you know, like this was a whole. Now she has like danger in her life. Yeah. So things have always already seemed weird and strange, but now like like yeah. you know why? Very so, unsettling. Uh, Stan. Explains that so he like like we said he was a counselor, and a pretty high up mafia guy had came in and had basically confessed all this stuff to Stan and counseling. And when the mob had discovered this had happened, they assassinated this guy. Ooh, and then came after Stan because he knew things. Yeah, which turned into being the plot for analyze this. That's why or I analyze that. I think that's why I don't want to know anything. Right. The ever. less you know, the safer you are. <laughs> I am so safe. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Ruth, who was the ex-wife of Warren, this mob's ex-monster yeah. guy, uh, she had started working as a secretary at the church Stan was a counselor at, and she had become a target. So. Uh, Pauline was told that there was somebody following all of them. There was always somebody assigned to follow all of these people. Yeah. Um, keeping an eye on them. And that throughout these past 16 years, there had been many attempts to either kidnap her, poison her, or kill her. Ah. But that there were these people that, you know, are watching her, and they've intervened. Yeah. And they've prevented this. So... She's been safe this, this whole time. Um, Stan goes on to say that, you Feels know... Feels really safe. Stan goes on to say that, you know, along with this, like, task force, quote-unquote, uh-huh. that stays there, um, there are towns and villages in different parts of the country where people who are targeted by the mafia are able to go into, like, a uh, protective custody. Yeah. But, like, in these, like, safe communities... Uh, and they kind of call it within themselves the weird world. So, like, that's kind of like the name they have for, like, the whole thing. Um, so now it's been 16 years. They're on the, they've been on the run this whole time, you know, and Pauline's mother, um, says that 
she is going to go and live in one of these safe communities. Yeah. Uh, Stan had already been living in one. He called, uh, it was called the Place of Hope. And his wife didn't want to go, had not wanted to go with him. So he was there living alone, working alone. Uh-huh. And over the past few years, Stan and Ruth had kind of fallen for each other. So now that Stan's wife wouldn't go with him, it's all like Donkey Kong. So now Ruth is now, yeah, this is their chance to be together. Uh-huh. So uh, she's going to take it. You think, that, you know, they're on the run, you know? I mean, Feel, everything's heightened. Uh, so for like the next week or so, or the next that weekend, um, they're kind of like, uh, Stan and Ruth are explaining everything to Pauline, like yeah. giving her like the heads up, like the review of all this stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that they're telling her that like starts like past incidents start to make sense. Yeah. So there was a time she remembers when she came home and her mom was throwing away all of the food in the refrigerator. And at the time, uh, her mom just told her that the food had gone bad. Uh huh. And she couldn't figure out, like, she's like... All of there it? There were certain things, like, yeah, certain things that would go bad. Yeah. Like, um, but, you know, it was at the time, it was just, like, it's happening, whatever. Well, it's because the food was poisoned. That's uh. the reason why. They suspected it was poisoned. That's yeah. why they're throwing this all away. Uh, there was a time that they had randomly gone hiking in the middle of a school week and stayed in a cabin overnight. Hmm. Uh... Stan explained that that had happened because people were uh, right there about to get him. So they grabbed him out of school, took him yeah. until it was safe. Um, she says she remembers a time when her and her brother came home and they were like, her mom like h- hurried them through the house, uh-huh. um, had them get in the bathtub and scrub their feet and then wear plastic bags because Stan, Stan had believed, he had information that the carpet had been sprinkled with poison. What? Which I don't even know, like, how. Yeah. That was, you know, whatever. So, and Pauline says, you know, as crazy as this whole thing sounded, finally she at least felt like she had some explanation yeah. for why everything had been so weird her whole life. Um, so she goes to leave. Like, she spends the whole weekend getting all this, you know, whatever. And she's ready to head back to her home. Uh, Stan asks her if... She, she would be willing to let him put a transmitter on her car. So that way, uh, the good the good guys could keep track of her, make uh-huh. sure she was safe. You did air quotes when you yeah, said good guys. Th- those were for, for the listener. Okay. Those were just for you. So thanks oh. for giving away <laughs> your gift. Uh, and then he also gave her a little transistor radio uh-huh. that she could use to call for help. And he warned her, only use this if your life is really in danger. Uh-huh. Uh, because people are going to respond and put their life on the line for you. So, uh... Well, she's special. <laughs> so she returns home, um, and she tries to just go back to her normal everyday life, but she now starts... looking over your exactly, shoulder. Exactly. So she Everything. starts to get pretty paranoid. She doesn't know... Paranoid. Who, paranoid. May, not, who may be following her, yeah. not following her. Everyone's coming to get her. Right. Uh, she said she started to become too afraid to eat inside restaurants because she thought maybe somebody would try to slip yeah. poison into her food. Yeah. Um, she started planning escape routes like from her home, mm-hmm. like how she could get out quick. Uh, she just assumed their telephone had been bugged, so she yeah. didn't want to use her phone anymore. Um, they Then she started getting even more information from Stan and Ruth 
uh, including the fact that many people, Pauline and her mom and everybody, many people that they knew uh-huh. weren't really who they seemed to be. <laughs> so, isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, like, so her father had remarried after they left, after Pauline and her mom left, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Her father remarried um, and had other kids. And in the time between them leaving and her finding all this out, she had actually, like, on her own, went back to her hometown. Yeah. She had met her half-siblings. Yeah. You know, she'd met these people. And she is told, she finds out, that the that family, like, basically Warren... Has involved everybody in this mob shit. Yeah. So even her half siblings were involved. So. In danger, you mean like they were also. They were working for him. Okay, for the mob. Yeah. So. Uh, and this is when, like, so shit's already crazy. Yeah. This is when stuff goes real crazy, though. So. Uh, Stan tells her. That a lot of people she thinks she knows are actually body doubles. Because the government are basically picking these people up, making body doubles of them, and putting them back out to use in espionage. Like, So, say, if the government wanted to find out something about me, about the Uh shit I was doing, they grab you up one night... Put you in a cage somewhere. Sure. Like, get you, get a body double that looks like you, use some prosthetics, put it back, which is maybe happening. Are you really Joel? <laughs> Am I? But then now you're gathering information for them. Sure. You know. So this is what Stan he says. There's too much. <laughs> send, that was in, a, send in the team. That's a terrible code word. <laughs> uh, how crazy would it be if my George got kicked in? So, yeah, like, as crazy as that sounds, too. Um, especially at that time, body doubles were kind of a common thing. I think you would know if it wasn't me. For weird, like, so Stalin and Hitler both. Like, if I just came over here smelling, like, good, you know, and, like, <laughs> like making sense. <laughs> you were like, a tie. Not being all sad. You're like, I don't think this is Joel. Why do you feel like, why do you seem like you're not defeated? I'm, like, seven inches shorter. <laughs> like, no, nah, it's me. You're you're talking like Mario. <laughs> it's a me. So what's your social security card number? Some weird questions. <laughs> Two, three. Um, Mom's maiden name. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> you're stroking your beard. Like you all of a sudden have a really big beard. Long, huge. Uh, huge. Huge. So yeah, and then um, in the '90s, there were claims that Manuel Noriega and Fidel Castro had both. I heard body, that. Had body doubles, yeah. you know? So, like, in, like Kim the, Jong. in the world of the mob and crime and whatever, yeah. like, it's not uncommon. So, Stan even said that, like, these people would, sp- there'd be people in agencies that would spend months, like, watching home videos, yeah. um, just observing the person, and just learning how to be them. Like so, Mission Impossible stuff. Very much like Mission yeah. Impossible. Tom Cruise. Uh, who apparently has, like, uh, facial facial mask technology, yeah, like, 
no, like those movies. I love those movies, but that is always the most ridiculous yeah. thing like, ever. Let's print a mask out of this briefcase. <laughs> yeah, and then it somehow transforms their entire body yeah. <laughs> to fit them. Uh, so yeah, like so she goes to like her brother gets married, um, and they go big her, mistake. Her and her mom go to the wedding, uh, and her father's there. Her aunt's there for the so she sees the, them for like the first time in years, and Papa. She was told, her and Ruth both were told that both of those people are body doubles. Oh. So, uh, and her mom's like, she's like, there's no way. Like, those are, like, her, so her aunt is named Penny. And her mom's like, there's no way that's a body double. Penny's toes, like, you couldn't, like, her toes, like, are weird. Like, you couldn't, like, you'd have to, like. She got hammer toes. She's like, you'd have to, like, reshape somebody's whole foot, you know, whatever. So, and then, like, uh, Pauline looked at her dad, and her dad had a weird, um, it's called a nevis, hmm. but it's like a, I don't know what it is, it's like a skin tag, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. Like, on his, like, near his left eye. Yeah. And so didn't this dude. So, she's like, how did they get, like, the exact, but Stan's, no, these are, like, you know, they were picked up. Yeah. Like, whatever. So... Uh, Pauline Stan's and, high as shit though. Stan, uh, he's high on God. <laughs> um, and crack. Go ahead. Pauline and her mother both also would receive letters from people inside the weird world, um, like her father and her godfather, uh, and they would like say like that they're in like this top secret prison, kind of being protected from the mob. Yeah, and like giving information, uh. And they would, like, kind of tell them things that made sense and seemed, like, legit. Like, as crazy it all sounded, she was like, you know, I think, like, I guess this is happening. This is my life now. So, uh, she thought, and she thought, you know, Stan and Ruth are two people that she should be able to trust more than anybody. They're the most trustworthy people she should know. So, um, she did, however, start to be, like, she broke up with her boyfriend like her and her boyfriend, she just she said she just didn't know who to trust anymore. Um, so she wanted to move into the weird world too. Yeah. Be so Stan, she tells Stan this, you know, like she's ready to. Um, she doesn't want to be on the outside world anymore, trying to like deal with Worried this. Worried about what's coming or. Who's... So Stan tells her that there's work she can do inside the community. Um, that he was right now, he was building a little cottage for himself and her mother, uh, and that he would arrange for her to have one built too. So, and she, he basically just said, like, you know, just hold tight, let me get this set up for you, and whatever. So, uh, Pauline left her job, she sold her house, broke up with her boyfriend, she moves to Halifax in Nova Scotia, um, and her, she finds new work, she finds a new home. And her and her mother basically just start waiting to be able to go inside this safe place. So, while Stan's getting shit arranged. Um, And Stan would say that, like, they can't just come into the world out of nowhere. Yeah. Because if they were to just disappear, people would know it. But they've already disappeared so many times. Yeah. So Stan, okay, I'm getting an idea about Stan. So, you're starting to have some doubts about Stan. Okay. First off, his name is Stan. It's Stan. I don't think I've ever met someone named Stan. I'm trying to think. Stanley. None of it. I never have either. Yeah. 
Yeah. Not a, not Especially a one. never in Canada. Well, I've never had <laughs> in Canada, so there's a reason for that. And so she uprooted her life again, um, waiting to get into the out the inside world. Yeah. So she meets a guy named Kevin. Um, he would he would eventually become her her husband. Uh, they got married, and Stan gave her away. Like Stan yeah. walked down the aisle, um, and they let Kevin in on the secret. They let Kevin in on what's going on in this whole world, and he's like, "All right, well, like, I'll I'll move into this community." <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. Uh, so they keep waiting, keep waiting, keep waiting. By 1993, f- they've basically been waiting for five years to move into this Beginning community. Into this. Uh, and she finally decides, like, I'm going to figure out once, because she's like, all these doubts are sort of creeping in. She's questioning all of this. And that's probably the longest she's ever been anywhere, five years. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there. Yeah. Uh, so she decides to set up a test. So she calls her mother, and she tells her, somebody's broken into my house. What should I do? So her mom says, uh... Let me ask our friend, and I'll call you right back. So, uh, Ruth calls Stan, uh-huh. tells him somebody's broken into Pauline's house. Uh, at this point, Stan's already told Pauline and Ruth both that they can never go to the police to report anything because they don't know who to trust within the police. Force. ACAB. Right, right. Exactly. ACAP. <laughs> uh, Is that how you say it? You're supposed to say ACAP? ACAP. Okay. Uh so, yeah, so if there was ever any real trouble, to let him know, and he would reach out, find out what was going on. Good old Stan. Yeah, because Stan has a little device in his wallet that basically receives Morse code messages. Oh, wow. So he can quickly communicate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Ruth calls Pauline back just a few minutes later. She says she talks, she talked to Stan, uh, and... Pauline says we can't, or Ruth says we can't talk on the phone. Come to my house. So Pauline goes over to Ruth's house, and she's just got this like pit in her stomach because like, uh-huh. like she's gonna kind of find out one way or the other. Yeah. So once she gets there, <clears throat> uh, Ruth and Stan tell her that two people were picked up just down the street from her house. That they had photographs of her. They'd been following her, and they were looking for things in her house. So, but she's safe now, and that's when she realizes. This whole fucking thing is bullshit. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Because no one broke in. And... No one actually broke in. Yeah. So, so she... Kicks Dan in the dick. She, she said she was so so, uh, so shell-shocked. Uh-huh. Hard, shell-shocked. Yeah. And angry that she said it actually took her a week before she confronted her mom. Yeah. So she find like... Me she's told this, find the words you want to say, and I mean, just... So when she tells I me, mean, it sounds Ruth, ridiculous, but if it's what you've been your whole life, yeah, you know, this is before the internet, so yeah, this is so yeah, this is ninety three. You can Google this shit. Um, so when she tells her mother that hey, nobody broke in, I made that up to yeah. see if whatever. Uh, Ruth is pretty upset at Pauline. Yeah, we don't have lies between us, Pauline. So she's upset at her because she's accusing Stan of some, you know, uh-huh. of this. Uh, and she's worried that if Pauline doesn't believe this anymore, that it's putting everybody in danger. Because yeah. now Pauline might just be yeah. out there making mistakes. Willy-nilly making all these <laughs> mafia friends. So then Pauline confronts Stan about it, and he tells her that there must have been some mistake, uh, that 
you know, he got a report that there were two men picked up outside of her house. <laughs> but maybe that was incorrect. Maybe he got <laughs> yeah. information. Oh, yeah, yeah. But and maybe, he, like, he misunderstood his wallet Morse code. Yes. Uh, and he assures her there's going to be an investigation. Thank thank you, Stan. Uh, Eminem's fan was named Stan. Yes. Okay. There you go. And he was a dickhead. Uh, <laughs> and he was played by Devin Sawa. Yep. Um, Who's not a dickhead. Love Devin. So she says that, like, when he's telling her, like, hey, you know, there's going to be an investigation. Uh-huh. She said that the only thing she can really, she's like, my memory of that night is how sad he looked. Like, pathetic. Yeah. Because, like, she knows it's a bunch of bullshit now, yeah. and here he is. It's there, There'll be an investigation. Obviously, this guy, he's losing control. Yeah, so she's like... He's had all this control for so long. She said suddenly, you know, her mom and Stan just feel like kind of strangers to her. Uh-huh. Like, she's really no longer a part of their world now, because it's not real. Yeah, it's, the uh, facade is coming down. So she spends months trying to convince her mom that Stan had been lying to them, and Pauline spends the whole time, try, or uh, her mom tries spends the whole time trying to convince Pauline that she's wrong. Yeah. So they pretty much reach a point to where they're just in a standoff, and neither one's budging. Uh, she said she was furious, resentful, and hated Stan for a long time. She said she finally decided, though, that her mother wasn't in on it, that she was just believing everything yeah. Stan was saying. Gullible. Um, but she said she couldn't figure out why Stan would just be making this up. Yeah. So she goes Control. to see a psychiatrist, and, you know, she she's talking to him, and she's like, he's clearly not a schizophrenic. Um, he doesn't appear to be, like, psychotic. Yeah. Uh, he's... He's a professional. He's well respected. He, you know, whatever. Um, and the psychiatrist uh, says it sounds like a case of fall, uh, folly adieu, which is a syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief are transmitted from a dominant personality like Stan yeah. to a less dominant personality like Ruth. Who then uh, did it, passed it on to Pauline. And- um, Pauline reconnected with her father. After all the years, uh, he was pretty sick at this point, though, with emphysema. Uh-huh. And he had started drinking again. She said she never did tell him about what happened. Yeah. She said she didn't want to. She was worried that he would, like, it would upset him and maybe make him worse. Yeah. You know, like, more ill. So, uh, she had children and then kind of, like... With Kevin? With Kevin. Wow. Uh, I, I think with Kevin, because they ended up... They ended up getting a divorce at some point because she said she just kind of felt like anybody involved with yeah. that part of her life, she just didn't. You need to start over. So I don't know if that's who she had kids with yeah. or not. But she said she has kids. They ain't my kids. And, like, they became the focus. So she kind of, like, just Shifted. stopped even worrying about all yeah. that shit. So, um, Which is good. Yeah. So uh, Ruth never did stop believing Stan's story. Uh, he Even after he died... Um, and then... Well, I think that would almost be, like, admitting your whole life was, like, wasted, kind of. Or the last half of it, you know I mean? He, she did all this to her kids, moved them all around. And then, you know, so he dies, and the letters from people inside the weird world, they stop showing up. Uh, messages from the... Messages about the mafia, uh-huh. those go away. Uh... There's like there's just no doubt that this is all Stan's yeah. made up shit. Yeah. 
Um, she even like right before uh, Ruth dies, she tries to warn Pauline again that this is real and she needs to be careful. Yeah, and she's just sad at this point. It's like, okay, mom, I'll, I'll, I'm on it. But you know, even her mom at one point says, you know, if you don't believe the, any of this, you must have, you must really hate me. Oh, you know, she says, "No, I don't hate you. I'm just really angry." Maybe Pauline's a body devil. <laughs> Maybe. You know. Oh shit. Oh wow. Oh shit. <laughs> Your head just spun around <laughs> like The Exorcist. Uh, Go to the chiropractor. So, a few years uh, after Stan dies, Pauline comes across an article in a medical journey journal uh-huh. about a condition called delusional disorder. Uh, this disorder typically comes on later in life. Uh, and the person suffering from it experiences delusions, um, but in many other ways behaves completely normal. So Pauline thinks this is probably what. Yeah. So like to Stan, this was probably all the. Maybe it's like what his yeah, it's what his brain like needed to focus on or something. So like he can still live the rest what, of his life, you know, normal, normal-ish life. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you know, Stan, he. This that was his life probably. Yeah. Uh, Maybe yeah. Now I don't know how that translates into him writing fake letters. Like you know I don't you know. Yeah. Because he had to have done that. Like, yeah. Maybe in his mind though he believed it so much he thought well this is what I'll lie about and but I'm doing it because this is real and right. I'm trying to save him and. But yeah. He's definitely just a so crazy. So she's uh she's still you know she like I said she wrote that book. About all of this, uh, called Run, Hide, Repeat. Yeah. Um, she still kicking it in Canada. Uh, but yeah. Well, don't say where she's at. The mob's after her. <laughs> well, Canada's not real. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's a pretty good cover-up. Uh, but yeah, what a, like... Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy to just think... to For one, to think... Because as a kid, you're just going to go along with what you're... I mean, I, yeah. for you, up to a certain point... Yeah, and if, you know, if you have somebody that you've grown up, basically like your father, yeah, and your and your mom, they're giving you what seems to be like, all right, well, these are at least explanations. Like, That's so weird. But so how crazy is it, though, to go from thinking your your life is like you're being chased by the mafia, uh-huh. and that there's a group that's protecting you, yeah. and then to find out... You can't trust anybody. This is like, all bullshit. Yeah. So, uh. yeah. Uh... I, it it was a pretty it was a pretty crazy story to me when I first read it. Yeah, I just can't imagine having that kind of like just going from one false reality to kind of another false reality. Because yeah. once you find out it's all bullshit, you're kind like you're kind of it's a new world for yeah. you, I guess. Like you can start trusting people, but don't really but trust also, people. Also, <laughs> can you ever trust yeah. somebody? You know, because Stan then fucked you over, and so, yeah. So it kind of puts Mom's, absolutely everything yeah. in question. So. Mom, you know, parents should really put their kids first, and maybe that's what she thought she was doing. You know, maybe that's what Ruth thought she was. Well, doing, I mean, if but, Ruth completely bought into this, yeah. then yeah, she definitely was just trying to protect her kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pauline's brother Ted, uh-huh. he pretty much ducked out of this shit early. <laughs> um, he kind of knew 
he didn't come. He didn't like try to fight it the way she did. Yeah, where she tried to convince her mom. She he just Ted he was just, basically just like he destined wiped himself. his hands yeah. up and he's like I'm out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I fun with whatever this is. Yeah, whatever you guys are doing <laughs> seems fun. I'm not interested. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he did say though that like when he found out, because uh-huh. what he you know he was told the same thing. Yeah, like, that hey we're in a fucking we're in a goddamn movie. <laughs> um, he did say that there was a brief time where he was extremely paranoid because he like didn't really believe that but then he also was like well what like there's something going on yeah so he, he said that like, it started to kind of fuck with his head and he said he remembers one night he's like driving home and he really he starts to notice that there's this car that's just following him and so he starts to kind of pick up speed the, that car pick up speed yeah he takes a left that car takes a left uh-huh. he takes, you know and then he said that they, uh, he like slows down and gets behind them, and they, uh, their windows are all tinted. He can't see in it. They end up getting back behind him. They start flashing their high beams at him, so he's like, kind of freaking out. Yeah, ends up getting them to stop and pull over, and he goes over and he starts pounding on the like on the windows and everything, and asking who the hell they are, <laughs> yeah. why they're following him, and. Finally finds out that it's just, like, four teenagers that are just fucking around. Yeah. They're just out fucking around. But his mind is just so, he, like... He said that he was ready to, yeah. like, fight if he had to. Because he yeah. thought these people were out for him to kill Sure. Him. So he God, said man. He said after that, he was kind of like, all right. I got to fucking... I think this is all bullshit. I need to start smoking some weed. <laughs> yeah. That'll help. I'll be way less paranoid <laughs> yeah. if I just smoke a little weed. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. What would... Like, what do you... If tomorrow somebody... Well, I don't know, like... I mean, just come get me. That's cool. <laughs> it would just be, I'm ready. It would just be such a crazy... I think just a crazy thing to... At, she was like... She was 20-something yeah. when she found out, but like... That's just gotta be one day you think one thing. Uh, and the very next day you're like, oh, I don't I don't know right. anything now. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I would Your recommend... whole life's a lie. If you want to know... Get more details about this, get her book. Uh... I ordered off Run, Amazon. hide, repeat. Is that what you said? Run, hide, repeat. Okay, yeah. run, hide, repeat. Pauline Dakin. That's a good one. Pauline. So, all right, man. That's the that's my story. You got a, you got a feel good for us? I do have a feel good for then us. Then let's hit that feel good music and yeah. we'll be right back. Feels good. Are we back? We're back. We're back. Bo Jackson has scored the touchdown. <laughs> Raiders win. Woo! We're all gonna win with this one. This is a this is another family story. I just saw this and it kind of made me. Uh, it did made me feel good. All right. It's about it. it well, hey, this is called feel good. So I know. So I had to bring. Worked it. Worked out perfectly. This this started in August of 2000 when Danny Stewart, 34, discovered a newborn baby abandoned on a Manhattan subway station and called 911. In that family court hearing months later, the judge asked whether Danny would like to adopt the baby. And he said yes. So Danny and his partner Pete, at the time 32, uh, they they fostered him, adopted him, named him Kevin. And then uh, they got married in 2011. And they just released that Kevin's doing good. He's in school. He's uh, He towers over him. He's a 20-year-old college student studying math and computer science. And uh, now Pete age 52, published an illustrated children's book called Our Subway Baby. 
<laughs> about how he, him and Danny found the baby. And uh, it's just, I don't know. I made me feel kind of good, right. you know? So they baby him. was abandoned, but... Yeah, where It was on what? A subway? Man, subway in Manhattan. It's not the umbilical cord Kevin did. And could you imagine getting on a subway and just finding a like newborn so there was a baby? A brand newborn, like brand newborn. Yeah. Still had the umbilical cord attached. Yep. On the when you on the uh, on the subway. What the, the hell? And no one came forward for him. They couldn't find you know the the parents or whatever. So the guy that found them ended up being able to adopt them. Obviously, they couldn't have their own kids. Two dudes. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Not yet. I'll explain it to you after we get done recording. No, I want to hear now. <laughs> I'll, I'll have, your, to, I have your, some videos and pictures to show you too. I want your explanation now. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That you know that is that, awesome. Now that you know the kids in college and. I'm glad that the judge used the finders keepers law. Yeah, that was good. That was nice. <laughs> well, he called it as soon as he saw the yeah. baby. Finders dibs, keepers, dibs. dibs. Yeah, I, that's kind of a wild. That's a pretty wild story. Like I, that sounds like a movie that could be made. Yeah. So, uh, I, I'm I'm glad they even 2000 like that they would. I don't know if he was like if they knew he was an openly gay man, but that's just. So that it was all the year 2000 was when he was, yeah when he found when he found Kevin yeah. Yeah, that's actually baby. that's pretty surprising because yeah. I think it was when did because they weren't married then because they weren't able to get married until 2011. Yeah, right? So I mean, I just think that's wow, really, yeah, that's really cool that they real forward. Well, so that's, good, that's what's it. the what's the kid's name? Kevin. Kevin. Yep. Well, good for like that's good for Kevin that he found people that actually love him. Yeah. So we could all be so lucky. Like, so did the mother have like did she have the baby on the? It train, doesn't say. I don't. I. Gosh, I would assume was, so if the yeah. record still. Yeah. Just had the baby, got off at the <laughs> next stop. It was fucking insane. Uh, like, I'm glad Kevin didn't go back to her. Yeah, yeah. I'm like glad. That's the, that is awesome that the judge let somebody adopt him. Like, yeah. and didn't throw all, him into a foster care system. Now they're all on the run from the mob. All right, and full circle. <laughs> full circle. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, all right, awesome. That was a feel good. Don't leave your baby on the subway. Yeah, just, you know. Just don't. Yeah. Just go ahead and find. Just uh, find a happy gay couple and find give it the to them. Closest happy gay couple you, you can give find. it to them. And here's your baby. Yeah. You're welcome. We all need love. We all yeah. deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna go look for babies. Yep. No, we're gonna go watch. WrestleMania. Uh, it's that time. Night thank one. God, thank God it's two nights. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I was like, shit, doesn't it start like five? And I was like, oh, that's when it used yeah, to just start be like one. Doesn't start like two in the afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am so pumped that they decided to go to do two nights. Uh-huh. We do not need 15 fucking hours no. in a day. Although this has been a crazy week for wrestling. Uh, there's been wrestling on like every night of the week. Yeah. Uh, did you watch... Any of the TakeOver stuff? I watched uh, night two of TakeOver, like the last two matches, the championship match and the last man, or the no sanction the, match. Yeah. Like where oh, they w- I haven't watched that. I haven't watched uh, that one yet. It's a long one. I mean, it's, it's a little the over the top. Yeah, match. but it was a good one. Uh, I don't he, really get Killian Cross. He didn't. He doesn't do much for me. Karrion Cross. Karrion T. I, I don't even know his name. Do you not, you not dig him? I, no, not really. Man, just, I love everything about him and Scarlett. I was watching that match against Ballard, and I really wanted Ballard to win. He didn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, as far as, like, Cross in the ring, he seems kind of average. Yeah. But I just love the whole... The pr- presentation. Like, Scarlet's amazing to me. Uh-huh. Uh, just the whole, like, entrance is badass. And yeah, I missed the entrance. Oh, you missed the entrance? Yeah. Like, that's the most badass part right. of them. She's, like, 
wildly animated and like just it comes across like oh so he's possibly the devil and she's like his like oh like it's just a very cool you should yeah. watch the entrance right, uh, well. if you didn't watch some peacock night one Walter versus Champa. Yeah, I want to see that match. Fucking amazing. Do you have to yell it since all is, since Walter's all capitalized? Yes. <laughs> Walter versus uh, Champa. So we the pre-show for Mania doesn't That'll start at seven. All right. So if we're heading over to your plate, your new house to watch this, we should watch Walter and Champa. All right. Before just get it's your peacock baby, and then we'll chop each other. All right. Uh, and we'll reenact. Can we take our shirts match. off? We're going to have to. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> so, take mine off right now. <laughs> yep. All right. So, I'm going to put a shirt on just to take it back off. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, like the Little Caesars commercial. <laughs> yeah. There's no rules. <laughs> All right. There's one rule. Uh, so, yeah, that's our episode for the week. Uh, it'd be really cool of everybody if there's any like random news stories. Anything you guys see that you want to hear us talk about, uh-huh. uh, shoot them over our way. Like, leave a comment. On... Shoot them all over us. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, leave us a comment on our Facebook. Uh, tweet us. Shoot them all over our face. Joel will take it right in the right in the mouth. He'll take it right in the mouth. Oh, don't put that out there. Uh, so just head on over to Joel's. Uh, shoot them right in the teeth. Uh it's what he likes to brush his teeth with. So <laughs> DNA samples, <laughs> DNA samples. He'll collect them. He'll collect them right down his throat. In uh, this, or in his chest, whatever you want to do. He's cool with it. So till next time. Thanks for listening. Give us a five star uh, rating for because clearly we deserve it. Clearly, uh, leave a review. Tell a friend. Tell two friends yeah. if you got them. If you got them. If you're listening to this if show. Not, we're your friends. Might not have two friends. <laughs> we might be the two friends. Yeah. So if you tell us about it, uh, that doesn't count. Yeah. We already know, unfortunately. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy if, well, you WrestleMania is over by the time you hear this. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed WrestleMania. Uh-huh. How about that main event? How about it? <laughs> Oh my. Sure was Maine. CM Punk is back. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye.